All right, so Maggie and I are still on our winter breaks. Uh, Maggie up there in Santa Rosa and me down here in Merced. But even though we're on our breaks, we wanted to keep some semblance of momentum with Infinite Insights. So we are re-releasing some of our favorite past episodes. And this one is on math anxiety and time tests. And it's one of my favorites because... I personally learned so much about math anxiety that I didn't know before. I mean, I, I knew about math anxiety. I was already on a, like a big advocate for finding new ways to teach and assess math in ways that are less likely to produce anxiety. And yet, the research we did for this episode totally opened my eyes even more. So we hope you enjoy this repeat episode uh, maybe we should call it a spiral review. Welcome to Infinite Insights, the podcast designed for all TK-12 math teachers. I'm Dwayne Hobecker, math coordinator for Merced County Office of Education. And I'm Maggie Peters, math consulting teacher for the Rincon Valley School District here in Northern California. And every other week, Maggie and I will share a new math research study or article or some other mathy thing and we'll talk it over, bounce ideas off of each other and think about how to implement it in the classroom. So how you doing, Maggie? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Rocking. I'm doing great. I got the keys to the new house. All right. So that's we're awesome. officially moving next week. Oh my gosh. Now the oh, real bam. work starts. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. A lot of painting. A lot of, uh, they had like 47,000 pictures on their walls. So we're going to be using a lot of spackle this this week i like spackle though yeah <laughs> <It's> fun <laughs> so uh, what's the topic we're going to be talking about maggie um okay we're we're going to be hitting up some timed math tests and the connection to math anxiety <laughs> uplifting i know I, I i was thinking about that after like the girl episode last week and then this one i'm like wow we need to do something fun next week <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I, I, before we get started, I got to tell you, I oftentimes when I'm at like a cocktail party or, well, I've, I don't think I've ever been to a cocktail party. What did I say that for? <laughs> like, like in public and I'm chit-chatting with people. Hey, what do you do? And I'll say, well, I'm a teacher. Oh yeah, really? What kind of teacher? And I'll go, well, I'm a middle school teacher, you know, cause I'm, I'm avoiding of course what they're going to say. Right? right. So I go middle school and they go, well, what do you teach? I go math. And that's when they go, ugh, yep. I hated math. I totally oh, get that too. I couldn't do it. Or sometimes they'll go, I loved algebra, but I hated geometry. And then, or they'll say, I hate, I loved geometry, but I hated algebra. And it's like, oh, why? I don't, it, it's like frustrating that math is like this bane of everybody's existence. So I'm really hoping this episode fixes all of that. I hope so too. I hope all of our episodes help fix that or make things aware to to people that math is fun. Math can be enjoyable. It, darn it, and it should be. And yeah. if it's not, then you're teaching it wrong. So totally. let's fix it. <laughs> totally. Well, and like, so, so get I was, going. I was just gonna say, like, yeah. this article that I read today, the mm -hmm. Math Anxiety Performance Link, a global phenomenon. It's uh, put out by the Association for Psychological Science. And it's, it's looking at this math anxiety from um, a work, working position across countries. 
And, and they're saying that STEM and math and all that stuff is coming down the pike. And, um, and they realize that other countries outside of America are um, jumping ahead. But what they're not looking at is all of the anxiety um, tied to math. You know, and so I started reading it, and it was so fascinating to me because one, I didn't know what math anxiety was growing up, and now that I'm like reading some of these definitions, which we'll get to in a second, I totally had it. Oh, really? I was a kid who had it. Like, so math anxiety appears in many different ways, but basically, what it is is it's when a child or a person um, avoids math and starts worrying about how well they'll do or if they'll get the right answer or the one right answer or they associate it with timed math tests where they can't finish within five minutes or whatever it be, they start worrying about it and stressing out big time, right? I think that the key phrase is big time. It's not just a little worry. We're talking like debilitating. Right. And I want to make sure that it's really clear. It's not outwardly. I mean, you're not having kids run around going, I can't, I I can't all the time. You know, you have some kids that are like that, but there's some kids like I was who never said anything, but like dreaded math, dreaded the around the world game more than anything. (laughs) Um, and okay, wait, wait, wait. What's the around the world game? Oh, you've never played that before? No. It's basically where the teacher stands at the front of the room and flashes um, flashcards up. And it's two kids standing up against one another. And the first kid to be able to answer that addition, multiplication, whatever fact card, you know, first gets to keep going. Okay. So then they race against every kid in the classroom and usually one, maybe two kids circle the entire classroom and, you know, it can be fun, but I hated it because I couldn't think of the answer fast enough. And so I never got to go anywhere. Right. Well, see, the thing is, you probably were thinking of the math the answer fast enough, you just weren't thinking of it faster than the kid you were up against, and it makes you feel like a doof, and there's this artificial emphasis on, like, beating your opponent, yes. <laughs> which which has nothing to do with math, and it's, it's like, no, we don't have to, like, fast enough doesn't mean you beat your opponent. Fast enough, you probably were fast enough. Right. You know, well, as an adult, I realized that, but then as a kid, I didn't. And now, like after reading this, so math anxiety comes from stress and it affects the amygdala, which is that place in your brain where it's basically the flight or fight instinct. It's the one that protects you from harm. And when that is, is gone or, you know, when that has been triggered, it affects all the other places because your other parts of your brain kind of shut down so that it can focus on survival, right? And one right. of those main places that this anxiety hits is working memory. And what, I mean, what more do you need when you're working with math and pulling from so many different areas but working memory? You need that. And so right. if it's compromised, 
you're out of luck. Right, right. So let's um before before we get too deep into the brain stuff, let's let's kind of lay out a little bit of simple like uh, thinking about what is math anxiety, right? So first yeah. off, where does it come from, right? Well, we know it's attacking that amygdala, that that working memory stuff. But there's three what I read from some uh, the, all these articles, man. We're gonna put them in the show notes because I was just. I was nerding out this week reading all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I found from Cambridge Math, they were talking about these three possible theories about math anxiety and math performance and and like, where does it come from? And you have this, like, and I'll make it brief because I love the research, but not everybody does. And we can't fit it in 20 minutes. But you got these three theories, like the deficit theory, the reciprocal theory, and the debilitating anxiety model. And so basically deficit theory says you have you get a bad grade on a quiz and that leads to anxiety. That's the deficit theory. Mm-hmm. The opposite of that is uh, you just somehow develop somehow spontaneously this anxiety and it's that anxiety that causes the poor performance. So you've got two opposite views. And then that middle theory is called the reciprocal theory. And, and that's kind of where it's just like the chicken or the egg. It's, it really doesn't really matter. They just, they just the two form a, a vicious cycle of poor performance leads to math anxiety, which leads to poor performance. And you've got this vicious cycle. Um, we know that math anxiety appears to affect a significant proportion of school and university students of all ages as well as adults and i know that anytime i go out to dinner and we all have to share or split the bill they're always like handing me the bill because nobody wants to do the math mm-hmm. um, but and we do know let well, me go ahead. in there according to the article i read it's a global phenomenon too interesting it's all ages it's mm-hmm. across all places minus one example um i mean they I think they did 65 countries um, and 64 of them reported or 63 of the the 64 systems that they looked at um, Mm -hmm. showed signs of anxiety, except for Switzerland. Switzerland Switzerland. was the one. Yep. The one. Because they were they were just neutral. (laughs) Totally. Totally. (laughs) Now, I'll bet you 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 read that girls get it more than boys. Yes. Yep. Okay. And now this one is crazy. This is math anxiety affects about 50% of the U.S. population and women more than men. Is that crazy? 50%. Well, and that goes back to your story of when you go to the non-cocktail parties. (laughs) Uh, You know, people are like, oh, I hated math. Yep. Yeah. So I guess the 50% isn't all that surprising because it seems like it feels like it's 100%. Right. Well, um, and that kind of goes along with with um, some of the things that I read. Um, anxiety can come from parent-teacher input. So sure. if parents are stressed out, you'll you know the kids will get stressed out. Same with teacher, um, or if they're having anxiety, um, the kids will get it too. Societal pressure is another force that if you are expected to do well um, and you don't. For whatever reason, um, society looks poorly on you in some countries, and so that's where it comes from there. And then stereotypes. Um, I, if I remember correctly, in the 
inspiration the week of inspirational math by Joe Bowler. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the they were talking about stereotypes, and one of the girls was an Asian female, and she was like, "Well, because I was Asian, everybody expected me to be good at math, but I totally wasn't." Oh. Uh huh. And so that that at least that's what that made me think of is that stereotype, like, oh, okay. So she like developed the anxiety first and then that might have led to the poor performance that's that debilitating anxiety model yes yes Uh, yeah oh Hmm. wow wow so okay let's here's the craziest thing okay so um i got my my kids they're at home and we're we're talking about viruses so whenever they sneeze we're always like sneeze into your arm do the dracula sneeze i think is what we call it right so you got to sneeze into your arm okay so here's the craziest thing it turns out math anxiety is uh, contagious, just like a virus. The mm-hmm. only difference is we don't have a Dracula sneeze for math anxiety. Um, it is absolutely uh, contagious, just like a virus. Uh, parents, uh, now here's the craziest part. Uh, parents at home trying to do the right thing and be a responsible parent, helping their kids with homework, that is the prime time for transmission of this math anxiety from the parent to the kid. Isn't that crazy? Only, and at least in my study, like only if they're helping with homework. Right. They're not helping with the work that the child is doing. It is less likely that the child will develop anxiety. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like as they're working on the homework, the the kid and the adult interaction, you know, what's going on? Well, the parent might be scoffing. The parent might accidentally uh, or intentionally make some utterances of, well, I never understood this or, you know, the classic, oh, this is stupid. That's not the way we did it. And these lead to math anxiety in the kid. Mm -hmm. They're transmitted just like a cold. Yeah. And this is not like anecdotal. This is like legit. Dr. Harris Cooper from Duke University is, is you know, he's a professor of psychology and neuroscience. And he's doing the studies on uh, the effects of homework on math anxiety and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is legit stuff. Uh, here's another one. Teachers transmit math anxiety. Yes. Did you hear that one in your article? I did. Um, the... The sentence, it says, any, the United States, uh, there was a study done in 2015 um, that showed children who interact with any high math anxiety adults show impaired math performance relative to their peers. Wow. And now, and here's the one, crazy, girls are especially affected when a teacher publicly announces math hatred before she picks up the chalk. Isn't that crazy? So for whatever reason, uh, boys seem to be oblivious, but girls are especially affected when the teacher has math anxiety. And we've got this. This comes from a study from the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences um, that the, the student's mathematical achievement is diminished in response to that female teacher's math anxiety. So um, teachers... Uh, pass on that math anxiety. Now here's the insidious thing. It's a feedback loop because who becomes teachers? Females. Well, that's what I was just going to ask you. Were they in that study, were they looking at both female um, 
teachers and male teachers? Yep. They were looking at female and male teachers and female and male students. And they found that male students are oblivious regardless of the female or male teacher and regardless of whether the teacher has math anxiety or not. So boys are largely oblivious. Yeah. Um, it's the girls that are highly affected, and in particular, um, they're really affected when it's the, a female teacher who has math anxiety. Interesting. Yeah, and given the fact that pretty 80%, 90% of the teachers are female, it's just prime territory for transmission of math anxiety. Right. And I'm not trying to pick on teachers. I'm just... You know, because we're going to talk about what can we do to prevent math anxiety later. But, um, you well, know, we got to be aware of it. a connection to our last week's podcast and why girls and women aren't necessarily within the math fields as much as men. I mean, ah, if this is happening, if this is the, the you know, um, antecedent or whatever mm -hmm. of of this, then of course they're not going to go because they're picking up on all this anxiety. Why would you want to work in a, a realm that has so much anxiety and negative feelings associated with it? Yeah. So, okay. We know math anxiety comes from parents, teachers, society. Yeah. <laughs> what else, where else does math anxiety come from? <laughs> um, I think a lot of people will be upset when I say this. Um, uh -oh. but timed tests and focus on not only speed but the competition against their peers yep yep man hey you're preaching to the choir over here on this side of the microphone i tell you uh you know here it is nothing describes a math class more than those classic time tests that start typically first second grade you know when we're talking about addition and subtraction Definitely by third grade when we start doing multiplication, um, time tests, they're a staple of math education in America, aren't they? Yes. But what? They're bad. <sighs> but then, okay, I'm going to be devil's advocate right now. Oh, I'm, come on. I'm totally with you. But I want <laughs> to represent some of the people who are still using them and the arguments that I've heard. Sure. And Okay, then where's the importance to that's linked? Time test shows kids that there is, an, you know, you have to memorize things. You have to get through these things. And without them, how am I going to make them memorize these facts? Sure. So uh, just pushing back, right? Because yeah. this is only a 20-minute Right. Thing. We're already 18 minutes in. But, um, you know, the idea is... yeah. Uh, efficiency is important. Super duper speed and the ability to beat your, your peers in class, not important. So it's that difference between the two. And when we're using time tests, we begin to cause students to have the sense that they need to go faster than they really do. And it, it just, those timed tests and that incessant focus on speed and beating your friends uh, is is where that damage begins is is that that behavior I'm wondering if we could you know what okay let's let's whip through the last little cause of math anxiety and then let's jump down to 
um, how can we prevent math anxiety? Because that's, I think we can talk more about time tests down there. Is that cool? Yeah, totally. In ways we could still use something like that, but not with so much competition for sure. Yeah, how can we make it a positive experience? So yeah. the last cause that we want teachers to be aware of for um, math anxiety, what causes math anxiety is just this incessant focus on um, procedural teaching. That's what Joe Bowler calls it, procedural teaching. I, I think that's just this focus of math as being an answer-getting endeavor rather than being a creative endeavor or a thought-provoking endeavor. Um, and, you know, math more than any other subject, it's all about tests and grades and homework and competitions and stuff. And so that focus on procedural teaching is another ripe area for math anxiety to grow. You know, that brings to mind, I know, like, my son, he's been struggling. He's in middle school now, and he's struggling with math. And yesterday, we were talking about it, and he's like, you know, middle school math is so different. And I said, really? Why? And he's like, because there's so many ways to get an answer that I just can't choose one. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, who's making you just choose one? And he's like, well, nobody. That's the problem. Before, I only had to get one answer. And now I'm being asked to give several. <laughs> Oh, so that sounds like a good thing, right? It is, but I mean, he's had seven years of this one answer and you're done. Yeah. So, you know, and that perfectly leads us into what can we do to prevent math anxiety? And, and that's the idea of, hey, let's allow our students, much like your son, let's let them see math as an open set of ideas where students can play and explore and, um, and in that process of letting kids play and explore, students are going to naturally see themselves as uh, capable, just like they would at a real playground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think also letting them know that some of this anxiety is actually, it can be used to their advantage. Because it could, if they looked at it, at least in the study that I read, they were talking about how they were telling the kids, hey, some of this stress helps get your, you know, your juices flowing and can actually help you make it better. It's when you let it overtake everything um, that it make that it hurts you. And so sure. um, they were saying to actually bring it to the kids' attention and say, it's not that you're bad. It's that you're feeling nervous about things and you know, helping them to get over it. Sure. So that, that kind of like that zone of proximal development. You, you need a little bit of stress to keep going because too much stress causes the amygdala to, you know, kick, kick into that fight or flight. But then too little stress doesn't allow the brain to actually engage exactly. with, with what's going on. So you want a little bit of stress. But um, I, I got to tell you, Maggie, though, I'm a little nervous to even allow for that in this episode because <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous that that'll cause parent, uh, teachers to say, well, I don't have to change my behavior at all because uh, Infinite Insight says a little bit of stress is okay. So um, but I think... how can you do that? How can you add a little bit of stress? And if you're trying to move baby steps, I say instead of giving 50 problems and giving them two minutes to answer them, give them five minutes to answer 10 problems. <laughs> sure. Or give them 20 minutes and, and you can assess fluency with the students playing games instead. Now you're not doing time at all and the stress is coming from 
the desire to play the game. Exactly. I was trying to throw people a bone. Okay. All right. You're, you're being too nice. Baby I'm, steps. Baby steps. I'm being aggressive. So here's another thing we could do to prevent math anxiety. Parents, teachers, everybody, quit using the phrase, I'm not a math person, or I hated math, or algebra was okay, geometry sucked. Okay. So we need to avoid phrases like that. Yeah. Change that mindset. Uh-huh. What else? Um, you know, just create a, a math positive atmosphere at home in the classroom. Um, we mentioned it last week, but bedtime math is one of those things that you can use while, you know, having a nighttime routine, you know, like mm -hmm. while putting your kids to bed and it takes away the stress of having one right answer and you as a parent having to know, you know, exactly what to do. It, it makes math fun. You got it. And there's there's tons of research on that bedtime math, and we, we're not making any money from it. No. But we are saying that's a good thing at home. And then the last one, I, we read some articles that actually said going, going to tutors, one-on-one -on -one tutors with a person who's particularly not exhibiting math anxiety. Yes. So you can't just be any tutor. Um, but finding a tutor, uh, uh, that, that mentor that the student can hang out with is, has also been shown to um, reduce and eliminate math, math anxiety. I okay, so agree. I think it's time that we wrap up this edition of Infinite Insights. So Maggie, what is your closing thought? Oh man, math anxiety, it is prevalent but there are ways to stop it and you know we we need to listen to the brain um, evidence or the evidence of research about the brain and let kids just learn math instead of speeding it up with time tests and making them feel like they're not math people how about you Dwayne you know I'm just gonna say ditto because you nailed it you, you said it all be aware teachers need to be aware that it's there that they have a part in causing it and let's do what we can to avoid it all right well thank you for listening to infinite insights the podcast for all k-12 math teachers and don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already done so and send us a, a shout out on twitter because we, we dig that um i'm at d Habecker, and then maggie is I'm, at yeah. oh go ahead you can i'm at pele lover one <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, if you have an idea for us to talk about and you'd like us to, to look up some research on it, please tweet us and we'll start looking into it. Absolutely. And as usual, have a great week. And we'll see you every other Monday here at Infinite Insights. Have a good one.